Welcome to Let's Humanize the Workplace. Hi, my name is Vivian Aqua and I'm the Inclusive Workplace Wellness Coach. And I'm so excited about today's episode. Uh, it will be about well-being, which I am desperately also looking for some tips and some insights as well. Um, I normally have my presentation deck and I, um, I forgot to upload that one. So I'm going to add it to my screen. So again, welcome to Let's Humanize the Workplace. If you have missed the last two episodes, please watch them back. Two weeks ago, I did a, a conversation, a very energizing conversation about, you know, the career of people of color. And last week, we had also a similar energizing conversation about intersectionality. So if you missed that, go to my YouTube channel and Google Let's Humanize the Workplace or look back on my LinkedIn page if you want to and look for the conversations itself. They are really inspiring and enlightening and I hope that you enjoyed it. It will be also inspiring tonight as well. So I do have something to draw because yesterday I did do the Amplify DEI Mentoring Circle webinar. So if you missed this, I'm, I would say it's a pity, but then again, it wouldn't be honest for you. It wouldn't be fair for you. So if you want to watch the replay or if you want to know more what this mentoring circle is all about, watch the replay. Go to bit.ly bit uh, slash amp the web. It stands for something. It stands for Amplify DEI web and go to there. It's all small letters. So go to that link and um, and learn more about the mentoring circle, right? The next thing that I want to challenge you, I uh, was inspired by my business coach. I have a conversation with her tomorrow live on LinkedIn, not on LinkedIn, on Facebook. So if we aren't friends on Facebook, or if you want to know what the conversation is all about, what, what will I be sharing regarding this conversation? Look me up on Facebook and I will share the conversation tomorrow there as well, or today, your time as well. But one question that she shared, and I I just got inspired by what's standing between you and reaching the next level as you as an in-company DEI professional. So if you are a HR professional who is doing the stuff for DEI, or if you are an in-company DEI professional, Think about this question. And if you want some answers regarding this question, I can definitely recommend you to go to the webinar. The webinar, I will share the link before bit.ly amp the web doc and visit the webinar. But it's not about me. It's not about my guests. It's not about, you know, what's happening tomorrow in the States. That is another time, right? That's a conversation that we'll have another time. But today it will be about boosting your well-being by working from home. And I do have to be honest because here in the Netherlands, we are currently in a, I would say for my, for me personally, a tight lockdown where we are homeschooling, as in Orlando is working from home and I am, and his dad, we are, you know, doing the teacher thing. I am not skilled to be a teacher for a young person, as in a young child. I'm more a teacher for 15 and plus, you know. So it is a challenging exercise that I'm doing at the moment. But I know because of the health and because of the uh, because there is so much happening in the world right now, I'm respecting what the authorities say. But it is 
a challenging exercise. So that's why I am so excited to bring in my fellow guest speakers and I'm going to bring them in one by one. So let me let me show them properly, right? And also do a proper introduction. So bear with me because there are five of them. So first of all, I want to welcome Bart Scholtesen, who is an open-hearted, uh, open-hearted mindset and breath work, breath work expert, loves spending time in nature and takes people there to help them reconnect with their own nature. Lee Chambers is the founder of Essentialized Workplace Wellbeing and a psychologist and coach. He's passionate about well-being and leadership. Ilse Noppen, she is a leadership and career fulfillment coach who helps leaders in transition gain clarity and confidence by growing self-aware and mentally. Anita Abaisai is the founder of Black Ladies Talk, and she's focused on improving the social economic positions via learning and development interventions. And last but not least, Tina Allen works alongside leaders to build world-class company cultures, and he's also the host of Culturing Podcast. Okay, now that we have done the intro, I'm going to ask the first question. Why do we need to humanize the virtual workspace? And I'll start with you, Lee. So this is something that's incredibly important. And I think that if there's one thing that this past year has done for us, firstly, it's actually brought virtual working and remote working to show how we can adapt and acclimatize very quickly. Now, I obviously do a lot of work with small to medium-sized enterprises here in the UK. And one of the biggest challenges is culturally, many people come to work and leave the human being at the mm. door outside yeah. and turn up in their role. And obviously what remote working has done for us is given us the opportunity to see people in their own environments, to see our children marauding in and come and join in our video calls, to see the pets flying around in the background and to actually start to see some of the more human elements that are often missed out when people don't bring their human being to the workplace. It's also shown that some leaders are more human than others. And the leaders who've managed to make the challenging decisions that they've had to make in these difficult circumstances, but also been able to still take time to be present with their employees, to take a step back and realize that decisions need to be made in other people's shoes and started to look at how the decisions that they make impact a number of different elements and start to ultimately have a look and bring back the fact that belonging is so vital when we're not in a socially important building together. And that's obviously tying in those workplace cultures, those feelings of psychological safety. Um, it's more important than ever, especially because for some people, their domestic environment is not their place of safety. It's not mm. a place where they feel like they might belong. And sometimes we often look at the business culture as the place where that is. I suppose the other thing as well is what's happened is a lot of us have a third place outside of our work and home where we go and feel like a place. And it might be a football stadium. It might be a restaurant. It might be a park. It could be anything, but we've we've lost access to that third place. And suddenly our home is a place where we need to be more human than ever. Love that. Thank you for sharing. Anita. You. 
You're muted. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, that was such a full answer. Yeah. <laughs> How can I? I can I add something to that? Well, I I totally agree. Leave with especially the part of um, when people go into the office. It's like they're leaving themselves out of the building, and then they're function or something is getting into the building and all of a sudden we all turn into uh, functions and we're not human anymore and well at this moment we can't do that so um why this is important well it's it's so important because um what are companies without humans mm. <laughs> simple question i don't know uh, the, the thing is uh human in our offices in our companies are the most important assets although we all not always treating them like that but it is the way it is without human nothing works and especially now it's so important to take care of all these human beings it's it's, it's so important and um, lucky for me, I'm an entrepreneur, uh, but when I look around me and I see people struggle every day, I'm a little bit, yeah, I'm really getting sad about it because it's so, it's, it's crazy. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work now and it won't work on the long term. People will get sick, uh, first physically and then mentally. So um, it, this is so important to invest in these people, to give them the space, especially here in the Netherlands, to give them the space to breathe, to educate their children, to take time off, um, because or else they won't make it through this um, pandemic. So, yeah, it, it's it's it should be everything. <laughs> yeah, it should be everything. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, thank you. I think it's. To me, it's all about authenticity, um, authenticity and balance and connection. Um, we have created this ecosystem um, sort of artificially and, and with goals and targets and deadlines in our heads and uh, probably with the best intentions. Uh, I'll, I'll just you know, start I'm from that. I'm that, but yeah. I'm, I'm um, just putting that in quotes. <laughs> <laughs> but we've created this disbalanced ecosystem now that doesn't work and now we're you know we put back into our uh, other places and i think but all the places lee uh, was mentioning like and the workplace and social environment and your home it's always you that is there that's playing the central role in that and i think a lot of people have lost the connection with themselves and have been living the role that they uh, have been given or have been taken and so I think that it's important to, for people to see that, hey, it's who, who am I? And do I actually want to work for this company? Uh, in, and if yes, in the role that I am playing it in, that I'm uh, working in. So I think authenticity is important. And I think these, these crazy, beautiful times that we are living in now give us time and opportunity to look at the opportunity, uh, to look at who we are. And, and um, you know, the, the insights that we can gain from that will help us be connected to ourselves more so that we can take that back into the workplace be it virtual be it live and 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 just be us more because like anita said um yeah it is us as humans that that make the companies the companies so i think if everybody shows up as themselves and we all respect that and we all love each other for the diversity that we are and that we bring then i think that um you know 
would would everything would be better. Tina. <laughs> I don't think you can top all of these answers. It's not They're about talking. Brilliant. It's about bringing your best self to the table. We don't. It's not a competition. This show. It's not about competing. Even when you repeat it, because sometimes you need to repeat something to let it soak in, to let it marinate. So bring in, bring it in. Yeah. Oh, I mean, what Bart said about you know understanding ourselves mm. is so critical. I think what I've come to realize is how much busyness I had in my life pre-pandemic that blocked me from seeing the truth about my life and was sort of a, you know, a band-aid in, in many ways. And I think you're hearing this murmur that people are like, whoa, I didn't have my finances in order. I didn't have my, you know, health in order. And then, you know, my favorite like meme that's floated around was like, remember all of those things that I wanted to do when I said I had time and I still haven't done them, even though I've had a lot of time, you know, that's both confrontational, something to laugh at, but also serious and real. And for me, I think, you know, I, I'm, my, I'm actually trained as a kinesiologist, so I don't even know in Europe if that's a common degree, but in Canada where I live, you know, it's sort of the health promotion um, you know, exercise science and, and overall nutrition and wellness. Um, and so, you know, my background in that, despite having the head knowledge, I didn't always apply a healthy life in my own life, you know? And mm -hmm. so even though I've done workplace wellness consulting and all these things, you, this is the time where we get to own it for ourselves, where we don't have to even, you're not proving it, you're not buying nice clothes, because you wanna show off at work to your other colleagues or you know, in another social setting. You're not spending money on things for other things and you're not living you know, healthy because your workmates are going to the gym at lunch. It's just you. And mm -hmm. so I love that. It's really hard, but I, I love that it's been a season for me personally um, to get curious about certain things in my life, but it's also been so fun to be in that collective and this is why I think, you know, organizations, if you're a leader of an organization, this is your opportunity to, to put some onus on your employees and to say, hey, you know, don't like we want to support you in your personal goals, in your, um, you know, desires and, and what can we do? And if, if organizational leaders are asking that question proactively, then, you know, I would sort of question, you know, could you do that? I would challenge them to you know, put some hard questions out there if you haven't done so yet in the, you know, almost a year of being in kind of lockdown. So, you know, those are things that come to my mind. Thank you. <laughs> and Ilse? Yeah, uh, you know, with that question for me, there are three words which uh, come up. It's connection, empowerment, and uh, work-life balance that the, mm. our health that we have to uh, look after. Um, and what I like to add from all the things that have been said is maybe um, about the connection. It's indeed a connection with ourselves, but also connections with others because, you know, especially in the workplace, we need to make sure that we connect with, our, you know, the teams, that we connect with, uh, with others that we work with. 
because and, and that we actually make an effort and actually you know uh, really connect uh, from a, you know I would say almost from the heart you know really you know finding out how they are what's what's happening in their lives because why, why are you saying is. almost from the heart isn't the heart the right place to start True. yeah it is absolutely yeah yeah uh, indeed it's it is the it is the heart indeed um, uh, it is yeah it's from there that we well, I guess why I'm saying almost the heart is that very few people actually dare to go there. True. You know, there's so much doing, uh, you know, they're talking about, yeah, what has to be done, which results, which projects, but they don't take the time to actually connect yeah. from the heart. And, and I think that is um, in today's um, situation, very important. Thank you. I also have like a hidden message or not a hidden message, an open message for companies that are demanding their people to be present in the offices. It's happening here in the Netherlands as well. And I'm thinking about the well-being of your people, the well-being of your company. If there is a possibility for your people to work remotely and to support them during the time that they can work remotely because it's not their fault that your infrastructure is something that you forgot to invest in. You need to invest in your people and take them, put them first where they ought to be because they are, like Anita said, or, or the other said, right? Without the people, you don't have any business. And the last thing that you want to, you want to happen is people starting getting sick in the workplace because you demanded that they needed to be present in the office. Let them be at home. Let them let them do the work at home. I'm, I'm only suggesting, making this suggestion because I just watched the news and I saw, you know, a huge spike in traffic. And I'm just like, okay, what, what is happening? Everybody's, you know, the government is telling the majority to stay home and all of a sudden there is traffic. That's weird, right? That's weird. And I'm tired. I am done with this lockdown. So don't make me end up, don't let make us end up in the third lockdown because then I don't know how I'm going to call this show. I'm going to call the show like, okay, what, what is, what is live looking? What is our life going to be after the lockdown? But before I go, I spiral, let's go to the next question. Um, what can we do? What can we do to boost our well-being while working from home? So Bart, I'll start with you. Um, Bart, can I, can I share what, what you are, what you do? Sure. So Bart is, uh, somebody I've met through Quincy. If Quincy is watching, hi Quincy. Um, and I found out that Bart likes, likes it very cold as in he sticks. He is all about the Wim Hof method. I don't know if you know that. So he's the, he really does the ice bucket challenge. And that for me personally, even thinking about it makes me quiver. So that's the intro of Bart. Yes, go ahead. Okay, so let's talk about saunas now. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, you know what? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm one of the... Um, I'm one of the senior instructors uh, of WIM, so uh, we, I, I'm one of the, the people that teach new instructors to become Wim Hof Method instructors, um, amongst other stuff that I do. Um, and it's not so much that I love the cold as I love what it teaches me. And if the question is, how can we boost our well-being um, you know, while working from home, then 
again, this is about connection to me because what, if, if we take the example of the cold, what it does, it, it connects you to yourself again, and it gets oh. all of the shit from yesterday and tomorrow out of your system. So, and I, I fully believe that living in the present moment as much as possible and creating a better future from this present moment is the best thing we can do. And that's it, probably why we're here. And that's one of the things that, that um, yeah, that Wim taught me and that the ice bars have taught me. Um, so by connecting and, and connecting to yourself and putting the work in, yeah, loving yourself, actually seeking, actively seeking a bit of discomfort out of love for yourself will help you grow. So that's what ice bots do to me. But that's also what, what it does when I go out in the rain when nobody else does. And when I climb a fence and go look what's on the other side, I want, I want to evolve and learn and live. And, and, and everything I learn there on a daily basis, I can take to companies and to individuals that are stuck with problems, uh, well, are stuck with themselves. And um, yeah, so if there would be one thing that I would advise people to do is go outside, go into nature, not necessarily an ice bath. You can do that. Always, always visit a professional when you do that first. Um, <laughs> but, you know, challenge your system a bit. Because if we keep, keep being and living inside that bubble that we are in, um, and, and I know governments make it harder these days to go outside, we're probably entering um, a, lock, a locked third lockdown situation, which will have a curfew. So after eight o'clock, you can't go out anymore. How crazy do you want it in these times of, of living freely in a free, a free world? Um, but go outside as much as possible. And also during your working day, don't stay inside in this office the entire day. You know, offices are cool, but uh, we are nature. And by going out into nature, we reconnect with that inner nature again. And that will make your entire system function better. So, uh, yeah, take it from a playful Hmm? I'm going to hand it over. Thank you, Bart. I'm going to hand it over to Anita. Anita, what do you have to add? Uh, well, I think it's a very good one, uh, Bart just says, was, was explaining, getting comfortable. Actually, it's it's getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. Um, and that is, that is good for human beings, I think. Uh, one thing which makes me actually a little bit mad in this whole situation is the question like, how long is this gonna take? People are asking, mm -hmm. how long is, the, is this gonna take? And actually, um, I know war, and in war, nothing is certain. Yes. And actually, um, you can compare it with what's happening now. What can we tell about the future? Well, actually, nothing, nothing. Nobody can answer that question. And we have to be comfortable with that answer and not keep longing uh, for answers from our leaders because that is crazy. So I think what, what, what people need in these in, in this moments, so how to boost your, your well-being while working from home, acceptance. Acceptance of what is, what is now, what is here, and acceptance of that we don't know Maybe if we look back in like two or three months, we wish we, we would have the same situation because that's where we at. We, we don't know. We don't know. The only thing we know is that we don't know. So <laughs> let's accept that 
<laughs> it's really except because I'm like every time I'm, I don't even listen to these talk shows anymore because they really make me tired. And there comes this question for, to these leaders, like you should know how long this is going to, we don't know. These people are trying their best. They're giving us their best and they don't know. So let's just all accept and being comfortable with that uncomfortable. I like that. Thank you. I'm I'm so quiet. Ilsa. Yeah, indeed. It's uh I love that, uh, Anita. Um and um the word that uh, that I like to bring or the concept I'd like to bring up is boundaries. You know, uh we we've gone I think the first in the first lockdown we kind of um you know it was all new, so you know, okay, we adapted well. Uh, and then, then we had some kind of uh, freedom, or you know, uh, so some some movement possible. And this, and and then came the the second lockdown, which you know just seems to last forever. Um, so I think putting boundaries on how much we work, um, where we work, uh, how we structure our days, all these are important to make sure that we you know, maintain our balance because that's what it is about, right? It's it's maintaining, making sure that that we don't get out of balance, that we don't give too much. So it's, that's what I have recently really uh, um, worked on is really boundaries in terms of how many hours till what time, you know, my evenings are now free, which they weren't until uh, last year, let's say. Now they're absolutely free. I reorganize even where I work, you know, reorganizing my the space where I work, making sure that that's where I work and I'm not in my office or where I work in in the weekend or in the evening. So really having these clear um, structure basically, but that helps us kind of keep our balance. I totally agree. I I knew that last year when uh, I was doing this show on a weekly basis, but now. 2021, I'm toning it down a little bit. So next week, I will be not doing a show, doing a reminder for myself and taking a break to invest also in my learning and development. But um, one thing that I noticed, the moment that we hit the winter period, my energy was different. And Mm -hmm. that means that when my energy is different, that means also that I cannot give too much energy into the evening conversations. That means that I have to downsize, you know, my calendar, think about what I can do during the day. And if I'm doing something huge in the evening or in the afternoon, I take my mornings free. My morning is my free time so that I can balance it off. And um, uh, yeah, I want to hand it over to Tina before I take it over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think about this in, in two ways. I think about it in the practical sense as a kinesiologist used to be a health coach and it's like you know the small wins are big wins in this Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people I saw this a lot when I was working with people as clients earlier and when they were professional athletes or high-level athletes as youth or young adults and then I was working with them in their adult life and they still were stuck in thinking that two workouts a day that were super hardcore That was to them what exercise was, right? And I think it could be the same thing now. It's like what your old routine for health, especially physical fitness, whether it was that you 
could go to a gym and lift weights. You could go for a run on the treadmill at the gym that you paid money for and or was at your office and it was in your routine. Now you're like confined to your house and outside. And I live in Canada, it gets cold. <laughs> There's snow on the ground. So some it's people can't even go So, you know, but again, there are so many videos out there now. There are so many apps. I just want to, you know, say with all the love that I have in my heart, if you are going through your life and not doing any physical activity, you're not helping yourself. (laughs) And I think this is really challenging for people because again, I, this is not meant to be condemning or shaming, but it's a loveful, like, I feel like it's a loving statement to say, if you're doing nothing for your physical fitness, start today, tomorrow, like, don't go another day. Because like Anita said, we can't predict the future. So if what you're saying, the, the cycle I've heard so many people say through their minds is, well, my gym will open soon. So I'll just wait until then. Well, I've had that thought myself personally. And then my gym sent me an email saying, sorry, six more weeks, we won't be open. Well, if I was planning to wait now another six weeks, that's a big toll on your body. And, you know, the the mental health conversation is at an all-time high, and I'm so for it. What I do think is kind of gone by the wayside is it's like almost been replaced. Like the physical fitness stuff now doesn't get talked about as much. It's like there's not enough space to talk about both and at the same time. Um, But I think what I love about Wim Hof, like I'm a subscriber. I don't go in full cold baths every day, but I take cold showers at least five times a week. And like, this is really important to me. What I love is that it's kind of, it's a meet in the middle. It's both mental and physical. And I think that when we talk about a lot of like, yeah, putting on a 30 minute exercise video from YouTube, literally search 30 minute exercise video. There will be 10,000 of them. One person you will like, turn one on, do two minutes. But again, if you're trying to be a mental health champion, you can't be strong in your mental health without being strong in your physical health. They just, that doesn't work. And I think that's the message that I would try and leave with people is that if you're feeling low, if you're getting depressed and feeling these symptoms, if you're feeling fatigued from the work, then you have tools available to you to help you. And it involves being healthy, active, eating well, and stewarding your body. That's a temple. You know, I think there's so much talk of like, this is, you know, killing us and we want to get out of lockdown. But yet people aren't taking the tools that are totally available to them and putting them into action. So there is, there man, is so much low, <laughs> no, 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 there's so much low hanging fruit available because yeah. imagine yourself being in this lockdown 15 years ago or maybe 20 years ago, right? Yes. No internet. I know that a lot of people are going to like, no Wi-Fi, no internet. What are we going to do? Even right. now I'm hearing the youth or some people saying that I don't know what to do. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I wish I had your luxury. I yeah. wish that I had your time to invest in my health, to invest in my learning, to invest in so many mm-hmm. things that I wish that I have time for. So right. I, I totally, I totally yeah. agree. It goes both hand yeah. in hand, mental and, and, and physical well-being. We need to put it together instead of placing it separate. Yes. Lee, 
Yeah, I resonate with so much that everyone said. Uh, so mm-hmm. much value there. Uh, a lot of the stuff I do is around psychological separation. It's one of the big challenges when working from home. So obviously, it's finding ways to create a routine and a schedule when the social anchors have been taken away. You almost have to build your own in and ensure that you've got you know some level of planning there because that gives you that feeling of control, even when the external environment is you know turbulent, is challenging, is a lot things are out of your control. And we have got some autonomy and some of our freedoms, but when you start to look at what you do have, it's incredibly powerful. And mm-hmm. that actually becomes something we become grateful for if we can focus on that. And a lot of it really is trying to find a harmony in everything that's going on. Because naturally, it's the first time for many people you've had to work from home, educate from home, live at home, sleep at home, do activities at home. It, it's one environment and trying to find ways to partition that. You know, some people are living with families, some people with housemates. It is really challenging. But what we don't want to do is turn working from home to living at work. And that's a real challenging balance to find. Uh, Obviously, back into the connection element, intentional connection to other people, spreading some kindness, because, you know, the oxytocin and serotonin that you're going to get from being kind to others, to check in on those people who are vulnerable in your community, from making an intentional effort before we were so busy, Many people would be like, oh, I haven't got time to call you back now. No, you might have a little segment of time to actually replicate those conversations that you would have while making a drink at work, while going to the next department to discuss something. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you've got to intentionally put those back into your schedule. It's very easy to just have meeting after meeting after meeting. Exactly. Let's kill the meetings. Let's kill all the meetings because people are still being kidnapped into so many Zoom meetings. It's like they're replacing the office meetings to the Zoom meetings, going back to back, not realizing that you're activating the Zoom fatigue even harder now. You're you're causing a situation where people are having troubles with sleeping or they are uh, decreasing their sleep quality, which is bad for mental and physical health. Sorry, yeah. I had to put that in. <laughs> yeah, the sleep thing, the anxiety caused yeah. by the lion pandemic is impacting sleep, but you yeah. have a lot of control over your sleep. Meditate in the morning, you'll start to improve the ability to have a PM routine where you can reduce your anxiety down, reduce your stress and find a place of balance because your sleep impacts every biological process in your body. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it's actually vital for our emotional balance the following day. Mm-hmm our regeneration both mentally and physically and back to what Bart said get out in nature get your senses ignited when you can even if that's a walk around the block in the morning I take my children around the block to simulate walking to school yeah and then oh, coming back home and it's just getting out you know the, the wind on our faces it lights us up the sunlight is absolutely powerful especially in these shorter days in the winter but mm-hmm. yeah just kind of my biggest thing is have a digital sunset. When your work day is over, shut down your devices and shut down your mind like you're turning off your work computer. Put them somewhere ready for the next day. And what that allows you to do is disconnect and try not to jump back into social media and news, which so often is pulling our attention towards things that are negative and things that are challenging. True, true. I also wanted yeah. to add something with what you share because some people are sharing or caring for others while their cup is empty 
I want you to at least, you know, fill your cup half full, <laughs> take care of yourself first before you're taking care of other people. Just like, you know, the exercise that we do in, in, the, in the airplane, right? You have to put on your, your own oxygen mask before you're handing it over to your child. So please take care of yourself first. And if you are feeling a little bit challenged, Talk it with, talk, discuss it with your GP, your general, your doctor or somebody else or somebody that can help you because these days, especially with the um, less sun and we crave sun, at least I crave a lot of sun. I'm dreaming about Greece. So my, my child is also dreaming about Greece and I'm just like, oh, it's almost there. But think about those times that you were visiting the sun or have your moments that you are doing a holiday walk through through the images or go outside just for that walk because it will boost you it will boost your your energy it will give you so much more and at least do this exercise for at least two weeks and you'll notice an, an improvement i want to go to an, a next question and i want to start with you anita what is the most important step leaders can take to support the well-being of their people? If you have one thing, reminding, one thing, <laughs> one thing to share. I always have that one thing. It's yeah, really but it, it's the one thing, the shorter thing, not the one extended thing. <laughs> well, I think um, what's important for leaders, I think um, having a good conversation with their employees listening to them, to their needs, to their worries, um, having real conversations with them because there isn't a solution that fits for all. Um, so I think go have this conversation and ask your employees what they need, what are their struggles on a daily basis and help them or sometimes just listening is also helping them. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, it feels like if leaders could begin to not make health and wellness such a secretive part of life, mm. but rather something that comes into the workday, not as an extension, a thing that you have to sneak in. Literally, we use that terminology. We're like, oh, I hope I can sneak in a workout. It's like secret private, taboo, not like none of, like the word sneak is actually not a positive. It feels dirty, right? Like you're sneaking off to a brothel. Like that's not, that's what you do to sneak. You don't sneak your like personal health and wellness. And so, you know, one of the leaders in my team, um, cause I both do consulting on the side, have a podcast, but I also work a full-time job and, uh, and, they did an amazing job with me yesterday, literally just a prime example. So, you know, I guess it was, it was kind of a give and a take. So what happened is we had a town hall right before this we're on right now with our entire company. And it was two and a half hours long. And I saw that come into my calendar. I was like, wow, that's a long Zoom meeting. Yeah. You know, like, I run away from them. <laughs> yeah, of course, you're like, I, I know that I'll be allowed to, you know, get up and get tea or maybe stand up, but I don't have a standing desk. And so I think walking is really important. So I just sort of made a, I guess, bull move and said in our chat um, on Slack, I just said, 
I'm going to totally put my headphones in and go for a walk while this call is on. Mm, yeah. And I knew it was a bit of a risky move because that's not the norm, right? And one of our uh, leaders responded, I'm totally okay with this. Just make sure, like, this is a confidential meeting. Obviously, a town hall, we're discussing our goals for 2020, <laughs> internal only conversation. Just make sure it's not on speakerphone where anyone else can hear. And I was like, that is so amazing, right? Where, you know, I guess I'll give myself some credit. I was a bit of a leader in saying, here's what I'm going to do. And just, you know, boldly say that. But then also to have a leader come in, support, affirm, and boundary and, and you know, a bit of a criteria around it. That was so amazing. And I think a lot of leaders don't feel like they can insert wellness into the workday. But yet again, like you're saying, Vivian, we have back-to-back meetings, but like Zoom has a call-in feature, right? Mm-hmm. The amount of times that Was you it? don't... What? <laughs> Does it? <laughs> I don't no. think that a lot of people know that. <laughs> no, like I literally went on my phone. I had the, when they were presenting slides, I could still see it. Mind you, I have a good data plan. So I guess maybe that helps me. And then, the, you know, it's, it's possible Maybe you also say, hey, I like even I did a workout before the workday and I just let my other colleague that I was going to be meeting with saying, hey, I just finished a workout. I'm going to just shower off quick before our meeting. And it was almost like I'm maybe this is just my thing that I'm feeling important in my life. And but I want to be someone that gives people permission to talk about this stuff. And, and makes it normal that this is your life. And it is, it goes back to humanizing the workplace. It's like, hey, I require a shower because I'm a human being. I'm going to just like have that be that I also talk about on top of the client call that I had. So I don't know, but yeah, that secretiveness around health and wellness in the workday, I think we got to throw that in the garbage and start to talk about it more. What about you, Ilsa? Yeah, I love that, uh, Tina. And there is the, um, you know, it's it's about the being. It's accepting that we can talk about being and not always doing. Uh, you know, I've had uh, clients whose um, director hasn't even, I mean, in a whole year has hardly asked them how they're doing, you know. Uh, they've had maybe two, three meetings in a year, Um Hopefully, I'm not even sure it's life, but, you know, whatever. Um, So it's about, you know, indeed making being um, more uh, a topic. You know, how are we feeling? Uh, Not just how are we doing in the sense of, you know, what are the results? It's more about how, you know, what is happening in our life? What What is worrying us? I mean... Uh, some um, executive I was uh, coaching, he suddenly discovered after, you know, uh, a discussion with one of his um, managers that he uh, had a very big worry about because his job involved visiting places and that he was afraid, afraid because his mother is elderly and uh, is very has poor health. So obviously with the situation, it's, uh, it's a risky uh, situation. So to have that, you know, to uh, have that sensitivity to be curious about what's happening in uh, people's lives. 
um, and and have that uh, you know have an eye for that yeah and an ear and really give that time you know really take that time to um, talk about that. Love it. Thank you, Lee. Oh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it nice and short because I could talk about it. All <laughs> so yeah, firstly, appreciation for your employees. Mm. So it's so often understated how a simple asking a question, showing a bit of an interest in the human element of your employees goes. And they've done research studies. It makes a massive difference to well-being at a base level um, before you bring in anything. If your employees don't feel appreciated, going to struggle to cultivate a culture of well-being. Secondly, create some space for the discussion around what well-being is to people because ultimately every employee has their own well-being why. And if they can start to explore that why and become more self-aware, then they'll start to take more well-being engagement in their own behaviours. And that kind of cultivates well-being communities within organisations, people who champion well-being. And that's what helps it to embed internally because it's not all leadership, but leadership has to be congruent. If they're going to talk about employees being well, Leadership needs to be well themselves. And like Tynan says, they need to be showing that actually on social media, I've gone out on a run. Look at my sweaty face. I'm a boss. I'll go and use the gym. I'll, I'll be the first one in there to show that other people can come and use it. Because so often, well-being stuff is brought in for the employees. Where are the leaders? They're not willing to engage and lead themselves first. The employees are going to be like, why should I change my behavior? We preach. It feels so, like exactly. something you're yeah. doing to us rather than giving to us. And ultimately, create that space so they can participate and really start to engage in what well-being that they want because they'll engage with it more. And we've got to remember that more often than not in organisations, the people who can benefit the most from well-being are the least willing to engage in it. So if we can include the employees in that provision and leadership start to actually decide why they're bringing it in, make it very clear, communicate it well, and ensure that employees actually feel valued and they'll value their bodies and their minds more as well. And I'll add a small thing into create a menu so that people can choose from whatever it is that they want to work on to boost their resiliency. Because for some, it might be working on their mental well-being. For some other people, it might be working on their physical well-being. Or for somebody else, it might be working on their career well-being. Have that menu card in place so that they can choose. Bart. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, short. Don't make it so complicated. Keep shit simple. Keep it clear. Yeah. Unfuck the system. Let go of all the BS. The menu, the option to choose. Give people a moment to choose. Yeah. Simple. No complications. Thank you. Okay, then then I'll start with Ilsa because we are coming at the end of the show. What do you wish to see in 2025? I know that we just started with 2021, but still we have four good years to go to make this wish happen. What do you wish to see when it comes to humanizing the workplace and workplace wellness? Wow. Um, to keep it short, I think what I would uh, give priority to is, uh, I'll, I'll call it self-awareness. Uh, mm -hmm. What do I mean by that is making sure that everybody knows their talents, you know, in the sense, what gives them energy? What do they love doing? 
what are their passions? Uh, what are their, uh, even the, their values at the end of the day? What's important? What, what guides them? Because I strongly believe that if everybody is feeling, uh, is self-aware and therefore can make choices in line with who they are, they'll feel, uh, let's say, more relaxed. They'll feel, you know, um, empowered also. And therefore, they'll give the most of, uh, of them. And it brings, I mean, you know, companies can thrive if everybody, you know, has found their place and can give uh, the best of them. Um, so, so that for me uh, is, is really important. So because also when people are more self-aware, they also recognize things in others. Mm-hmm. They recognize uh, people's talents and, you know, they maybe give, you know, involve somebody new in a project because they say, hey, you know, I think you, you love that. Would you be interested in joining that? So, you know, it would create, a, a, I would say, almost a lightness and, you know, let's get things going and let's, you know, from that, from, from that groundedness, um, create that, that lightness of getting things moving. I mean, I, I think that would be fantastic, you know. Thank you. Anita. Well, that there's a totally different world. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, well, I think I agree with Ilsa. More awareness of what, what makes us happy as human beings, as professionals, but also more awareness about all of the roles we're fulfilling every day in everyday life and try to find a good way to... Um, to, to integrate that with uh, being a professional or an entrepreneur. I think it's, it's, it should be as simple as that because that's where we aren't at this moment. And that gives a lot of pressure for people at this moment. So hopefully we can be more human in <laughs> 2025. We can be more, just a little bit more human. Yeah. A little bit more. A little bit <laughs> lot more. <laughs> Thank you. Lee. (laughs) Yeah, the world's ever-changing. The world of work is ever-changing. But if there's one thing that I wish for 2025, it's that bigger organisations start to see just how interconnected well-being is to diversity, inclusion, equity and belonging, things such as organisational culture, health and safety, all the way through to onboarding processes and the fact that ultimately it all starts with that very basic process of people's values being identified and being aligned to the company's values. So people actually feel like the work is meaningful and purposeful and then they are engaged then they are lightened, then they are empowered and they're able to become more self-aware and start to develop themselves both as a person and in the work that they do. And I think that sometimes companies dissection these things off and silo them when actually they're all interconnected. And if you want well-being, you can't just bring well-being in. You need to have a place where people feel like they have opportunity, where they have some autonomy to grow. And ultimately, it all comes down to looking at things from a much wider perspective. And hopefully, by 2025, companies will be much more aware of that. Lee's challenging you, so listen. <laughs> and Bart. Yeah, if I look at nature, uh, there is there is no bird, no tree, no other animal working. 
they're all living. And um, so if we would, as, as nature, as the nature that we are, um, would not see work as work, but live passionately and from the heart, instead of I need to do this because somebody expects me to do it, then I think we have made major steps towards ourselves, our authentic selves, and that everybody can you know, excel at what they are best at. Look at people's individual uh, um, uh, values and, and their talents and empower those instead of putting them in a role. And you got to do this and uh, just nod yes and be happy that you have this job. It's, it's time for radical change. And I think we're That's moving in that direction. Right. Yeah, thank you. Tina. Yeah, I think for me, what comes to mind is this idea of really hard to have conversations. Mm. I see this year being one where we've, you know, gone to the extremes, whether it was, you know, the resurgence of, you know, conversations around how Black lives matter. Um, I'm a half Black man. And so, you know, I've been in the heat of many of these. Um, and, you know, and then added on top of that being in a pandemic and then in the US election. And it's it's just so wild how in in a year gotten we've just leveled up in how many things we have to talk about that are real. And I I take it as a blessing. And for me, the key to them and doing like coming out happy from those conversations is learning how to live unoffendable. And so for me, that's really interesting because again, when you talk about work and what Lee mentioned and everyone kind of has alluded to is like, wow, how cool is it that you now get to see a leader that's human because their kid comes and, you know, gives them a kiss on the cheek when they used to be this like really firm, you know, not very nice boss that everyone was afraid of. And now you see that, you know, their daughter coming in in a tutu and saying, you know, I have to go to the bathroom, daddy. You know, like that's totally different than what they might have had as their. But then on top of that, we've also seen that actually the hard to have conversations like, you know, walking to a room or a Zoom room or asking for a meeting and asking a leadership team saying, hey, you know, our leadership team is really not diverse. How are we going to change that? And just asking those questions. And from the leader side, not being offended by that question, but taking it as an exciting challenge. And then also creating a, an internal company culture where employees are not afraid of those conversations. You know, yes. or similarly, if you're an entrepreneur and you don't have a whole team, but are you willing and able to have uncomfortable conversations with your clients, with your customers to say, hey, here's some real talk. And we're going to not reset and go back into our shells and have the surface level conversations again and again and again. Now is the time. 2021, there's no going back. Deep or nothing. You know, so that's yeah. for me where my path to almost happiness, I think. I love that. I love that. I want to say thank you for this amazing conversation. I really enjoyed the energy and also what you have to share. And to those who watch this episode or are just watching now, um all the guest speakers has shared a lot of challenges so pick a challenge that you want to work on this year from this year on so that you can 
commit to one of the challenges that they shared for 2025. And hopefully by then our dreams can come true because my, my, my ultimate dream is to create a world, a working environment where my son is being welcomed for who he is, being welcomed for the skills that he has instead of the skin color that he has or his mother or dad. So that's what I'm hoping for. So thank you for watching today. I um, am just going to highlight my presentation. Thank you for watching. You can also listen to this podcast later on in a few days. But uh, know that next week I will be taking a break just one day. And the week after, I will continue the conversation of something about diversity, equity, and inclusion. So thank you for watching. And until next time, bye, everybody. Thank you for having us. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> bye.